Somebody give them a hand clap of praise and a shout of victory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, somebody praise him all across the building. Thank you, Jesus. Lift up your hands and let's magnify him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, I don't walk like I used to walk because Jesus came into my life. Everything changes when God shows up. We give you praise, we give you praise, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Daniel chapter 6. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 6. How many is thankful to be in the house of God here tonight? Amen. Daniel chapter 6, and as you're turning there, I want to make a reminder of some of the announcements. Next Wednesday, uh, Pastor Johnny Villagra will be preaching. That is my father-in-law, and uh, he's going to be doing a wonderful time. And so we want to invite everybody out to come. A tremendous man of God, and uh, I know he raises good kids, so hallelujah. But you don't want to miss it. It's going to be a wonderful time in the Holy Ghost, and then also... As was mentioned, the 24th, that is the last Sunday of February, will be our Super Sunday service at 1.30. There will be one service, and that is also doubling as our Vision Giving Pledge service. So uh, there's some folks that, that haven't just, they've just started giving their Vision Pledge that they've already prayed about and thought about. They haven't stopped, uh, and uh, we just want to take up pledges because I believe God's wanting to expand His church. Amen? So be praying about that over the next uh, week, two weeks. And uh, whatever God would lay on your heart and uh, come ready to pledge that. You don't have to show up with it. If you do, that's fine as well. Uh, we'll just make that meter go all the way to the top in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Daniel chapter 6, and verse number 1. And it, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should no, have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there er any error or fault found in him. How many would like that testimony over your life? The king sought to put him over the whole realm, and there's always an enemy that rises up that says, no, let's, let's try to shut him down. But, uh, but when you have what, what Daniel had, he had an excellent spirit. There was nobody that could overthrow him because just like Jesus said, that the devil has found no place in me. They couldn't find any fault, any error, and, and I, want to, I want to go into this, and I'm going to preach and teach. Uh, we, our theme this year is, is the expanding kingdom, and, and I'm going to take the next few Wednesdays, uh, minus the ones that we have special speakers, um, and I'm going to be talking about excellence, uh, expanding through excellence, but tonight... I want to teach, preach, screech, one of the in-betweens about the spirit of excellence. The spirit of excellence. Would you set your Bibles down and let's pray. 
Come on, lift up your voice and let's pray. Hallelujah. Come on, God's wanting to elevate some folks and exalt some folks. But it starts right here. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray for us as a church body, God, that you would touch us here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Speak a word into our lives. Give us revelation and understanding of the Scripture. And we'll give you the glory and the praise and the honor. Somebody give them a hand clap of praise and a shout of victory. Hallelujah. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Tell him God bless you, and you can be seated in the house of God. The spirit of excellence. Daniel was in captivity. Daniel is, uh, we, we read about him and, and our hindsight over the scriptures. Daniel is one of the most famous Sunday school stories that you will ever hear about. He is uh, known to be the one that goes and be, is thrown into a lion's den. And, and multiple times throughout the book of Daniel, you'll find that, that kings and, and other people try and try and try to destroy Daniel. But there is a resilient attitude inside of Daniel. Daniel is not easily destroyed, and he's not easily deterred. Uh, but this, this whole thing started because Daniel was taken away into captivity. At the end of it all, we'll say he was a prophet. He gave words about the end times, and he gives prophecies about different things, and he interprets dreams and has dreams and visions uh, of his own. And we could, we could talk about the fact that Daniel was the one that prayed morning, noon, and night. Uh, and, and can I just put it out here? He did not wait for trouble to come to start praying morning, noon, and night. Uh, but trouble came after he had a habit of praying morning, noon, and night. Uh, but can I tell somebody what will get you through every trouble and every trial? That is making sure you have a prayer life uh, that's been going for a long, long time. Some people wait, and I don't want to get off on too many tangents, but they wait for struggles and trials and tribulations to show up before they start praying. But it's not the will of God for you to get a prayer life the minute that your feet touches the fire. It's not good enough for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to start praying, huh? amen, the minute that their feet get in that fiery furnace. Huh? But they've got to be people that have been worshiping God for a long time. Amen. It'll get you through the lion's den. It'll get you through the fire. You've got to be somebody that's praying and prayed through. And you've got a life. And we can look at about all these things about Daniel. He was a prayer warrior. He was a prophet. He was a dreamer. He was an interpreter. He did all sorts of things. He was a very intelligent young man. But ultimately, when you look at it very literally, the story of Daniel is about a slave. He's nothing more than just another captive, another slave, another casualty of war. But something set Daniel apart. And above all of the other slaves, there was many slaves taken from Israel into Babylon. But we don't read about every single one of them. There was something that set Daniel apart 
from all of the other slaves. It wasn't his religion. There were many that were Jewish, many that were taken away into captivity. It was not any other reason uh, based on maybe his looks because there was a lot of guys that probably looked just like Daniel and they were all taken into captivity. But there was something that set him apart from not just the slaves, but it set him apart from all the citizens as well. There was something in Daniel's life that set him far apart and far above even the princes, the presidents, and the rulers of, of Babylon in that day. We read in our Bible that he had a different spirit. He had a different attitude, if you will. He was put in command because the Bible says he had an excellent spirit. He had an excellent attitude. And can I preach to somebody here tonight? He had an excellent mindset. And we've got to get to that position that if we're ever going to get elevated, the only thing that's going to elevate you above everybody else is your attitude. It's your mindset. It is your spirit. Somebody say amen. Now, I do believe that in the church our job is to preach people uh, into heaven. But I also believe that I have a mandate from God to also help people live abundant life here on earth. And there are principles in life that are universal. And if we as the church neglect them, we will be missing out on many things in this life. Uh, this, this whole thing that we do, it's not about just going to heaven. And, and I want to say that carefully because some folks think I just go to church so I can miss hell. Uh, it's not just that. Jesus said, I've come to give them life and life more abundantly. Life does you no good when you get to eternal life. Uh, abundant life doesn't mean a whole lot when you have no ability to die. Jesus was letting them know that what I give is not just for eternity, but what I give can impact you right here on earth. What I have to give my people will impact every facet of their life. What I have to give, can I preach to somebody? When you got that Holy Ghost, it wasn't just to give you wings and fly you to heaven, but God gave you that spirit, amen, to make you an overcomer right here on earth. Oh, somebody praise him. Daniel had the spirit of excellence. And can I tell somebody that excellence elevates individuals? Excellence is doing an ordinary thing in an exceptional way. Success means being the best, but excellence means being your best. Success to many means being better than everybody else, but excellence means being better tomorrow than you were yesterday and being better tomorrow than you were today. Success means exceeding the achievements of other people, but excellence means matching your practice with your potential. Can I preach to somebody about the church of the living God? Amen. Everybody you find in the Bible that was a leader in God's kingdom, they had something different in their attitude. They had something different in their mindset. And they had something different in their spirit. Amen. There were people that had an excellent spirit. And we've got to be just like that. And that's what will set us apart in this world. Proverbs 12 and 26 says, The righteous is more excellent than his neighbor. Excellence is not just being better than somebody else. It's having a different mindset 
than everybody else. You want to be a righteous person, it starts with a mindset of excellence. Proverbs 17 and 27 says, He that hath knowledge spareth his word, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. You can always tell somebody that's a little wiser than everybody else because they've learned that I've got to keep a right spirit through this. But not just a right spirit. I've got to keep a right attitude. I've got to keep an excellent spirit through this all. Amen. And, 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 and then we go on, and Daniel is raising above everybody else. And now he's in leadership. Can I preach the leadership for just a moment? If you're going to be a leader in the kingdom of God, you don't get there based on who you know. You don't get there based on friendship. You don't get there based on, on rubbing shoulders with the right people or being related to the right people. If you're going to be in leadership, at least I can speak for this assembly, if you're going to be in leadership in this church, uh, it's going to start with a mindset. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now. God's not interested and life's not interested in elevating people with the wrong mindset. Because if we elevate people with the wrong mindset, what it's going to do is it's going to infect everybody else that that's what's acceptable. But can I tell you, if we're going to be elevated in the kingdom of God and be everything God has called us to be, we've got to come up a few notches. We've got to have that excellent spirit. We've got to have that excellent mindset. We've got to have that excellent attitude. Amen. It matters. It makes a difference. You might remember the story of Naaman. Naaman was a captain of the hosts of Syria. And the Bible says all these great things about Naaman. But at the end of it all, it says, but he was a leper. There's a lot of people got a lot of good things going in their life. Man, I'm this, I'm that. I, they'll pride themselves on all of their accolades and all the things they do well at. Uh, but, but there's always this clause that goes along with it. Well, I'm real good at X, Y, and Z, and they don't want to tell you about all their flaws and failures. But the Bible is very quick to let us know, yes, he's got all of these accolades, but he is a leper. And you can have all sorts of accolades in life, but you've got to check the areas where you're not quite there. And excellence says, I'm not going to stay where I am. I'm not going to, I won't just be great in this area. But excellence says, you know what, I may not have arrived yet. Uh, as of today, I might not have everything together, but come tomorrow, I'm going to be working on this. Amen. Come next week. I'm going to be working on this. I'm going to be praying through this. I'm going to fix this. I've got all these things good, and I could pride myself and stay right there. Or I could say, you know what? There's some leprosy in my life. There's some areas that don't quite measure up. There's some areas in my life that aren't excellent yet. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Hallelujah. Somebody pray all across the building. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, help us not just to focus in on, on everything we got right, uh, but help us to also look at the areas we could improve. Uh, because, God, I don't want to just be ordinary. Uh, I want to be exceptional. Uh, I want to be excellent. Uh, I want to be everything that you call me to be. Uh, hallelujah. Amen. And Naaman, Naaman's got leprosy. There's a little girl working for him, another, another wonderful, wonderful slave find this all the way through the Bible. Well, I just feel like I'm a slave at my job. Well, you might feel that way, but God's got a purpose for you there. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I feel like quitting and giving up. Stop thinking about what's going wrong. Start thinking about what's my opportunity. Amen. 
Almost everybody I've ever won has come through my job. Amen. I didn't care if they fired me. I had no problem about that. Fire me. Go ahead and fire me. God will give me a different job. Now, I was not brash, and I'll talk about that next time we get to it. Uh, don't be stupid. But at the same time, at the same time, you got to go on to your job and have an excellent spirit. If you go into work every day and you've got a rotten attitude, how's your sinner boss going to feel about that? Oh, this is, this is good right here. This is good. If you go into work and you got a rotten attitude and, and he tells you to do something and you just don't feel like it uh, and you want to do things halfway and just partially obedient uh, and you want to raise the next week, how many people think that's likely? No, but if you go in and say, I'm a child of God, and I might feel like a slave right now, but I know, I, I know whose I am. I know, I know that God is going to elevate me. I know God put me here, and God's going to bless me here. And if God doesn't want me here, God will move me somewhere else. But I'm going to tell you, as long as I'm here, I'm going to be excellent. As long as I'm here, I'm going to be a blessing. As long as I'm here, they won't have to worry about me, complain about me, or fire me. Because I'm going to have the right spirit. Oh, somebody praise him. This, this, little, this little Jewish girl thought to herself, well, I'm just a slave. But she saw her boss had some leprosy. And we could talk about evangelism through that. And we will at another time. Uh, but, you, you, you know, she said, there's a prophet in Israel. You need to go find. That's what some folks need to do. You need to go to, you need to, go to work tomorrow with the right spirit. We, hey, listen, we all go to work and have a bad day. That's just part of life. Uh, but what would happen if you said, God, help me with my spirit? God, help me with my attitude. Uh, help me with my mindset. How many doors would open? How many, how many people that right now are lost in sin would start looking your direction? Amen. Hallelujah. She said, I know there's a prophet in Israel. There's some folks need to go to work tomorrow and say, I know of a church you need to go to. I know of a God that can cleanse you of all iniquity. I know of a God that can fix every marriage. I know of a God that can cure every addiction. I know a God that can come through, amen, when you are broke, destitute, afflicted, and there's a God that will make a way. And there was something about this little servant girl that he listened to her. What ruler would listen to a slave? And yet God had given this, this individual uh, favor because of the attitude and the spirit in which she served. And now she says, there's a prophet in Israel. You need to go. And he goes and he takes an entourage and he takes all his money and he takes everything with him. We don't have time to talk about all that here tonight. Uh, and, and the prophet doesn't even come out to meet him. And immediately see Naaman, his flesh, his carnality, his human nature, which is really the human nature of most of us without praying. And immediately he gets offended. I thought he was going to come out and he was going to shake my hand. And he was going to call down fire from heaven. You read it. It's in your Bible. He thought, he thought there was going to be some big show and, and there was going to be a, a, a great big uh, uh, healing crusade for him. And, and, and here he is wondering why uh, the prophet hasn't come out. And immediately he wants to turn around and get mad and walk out because he hadn't got healed yet. And he wants to immediately have a rotten spirit about it. But th this, this, this little girl is still right there. Hold on. And the prophet sends out a, another servant. And that servant comes and tells him, go dip in the Jordan River seven times. And he thinks to himself, no, no, that's just, that's just too much. That's too much to be asked of me. I'm going to walk out of here and I'm not going to go back. And so he starts heading his direction. And as he's heading his direction to leave as a leper, 
Amen. you got to remember this man's sick. This man's dying. He's got something that's incurable, something that, that is desensitizing him, something that is going to eventually kill him off. And instead of getting healed, he wants to walk out and say, I'm done with this. I'm done fighting. I'm done praying. Whatever the case may be, you fill in the blank. And this little servant girl with an excellent spirit says, hold on, Master. If he would have asked you to do some great thing, you would have done it. But he asked you to do something small. And insignificant and you've decided that I don't want to do it people that don't have an excellent spirit they only want to do that which will give them credit they don't want to be the one on the back side of the mountain they don't want to be the one that nobody notices but somebody with an excellent spirit doesn't care whether they get the credit or not I'm telling you, before it's all said and done, we're going to inject this revelation deep into the church. I don't care if I ever get the credit. Well, that's easy for you to say you got the mic. I've served God for 17 years. I didn't preach for a long 15 of them or 14 of them. I was on the backside just taking care of what God said. Never got my name on a plaque or on a flyer. But I'm going to tell you what I did have. I had an attitude of excellence, a spirit of excellence that said, I don't care if anybody knows my name. God's kingdom's excellent. And God's kingdom is going to move forward. Amen. Don't worry about whether you get noticed, recognized, anybody knows anything about you, or if you'll get the credit for everything. She said, if he would ask you to do something small, there's some folks that only do big things but won't do small things. And he says this, and I'm going to teach, preach about this for a moment. He says, are not the waters of Damascus or Syria better than the waters of Israel? Isn't what I have good enough? What I possess is already fine. And I could preach about that evangelistically. There's some folks say, well, uh, you know what? Just living the life I live is just fine. I, I'm going to go ahead and I don't need to repent of my sins. I don't need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And I don't need the Holy Ghost. I'm fine just showing up to church on Christmas and Easter. The way I've been living is just okay with me. Uh, but let me just tell you right now, uh, good enough never cured a leper. Hey, hallelujah. Doing it the way you think is good enough has never cured anybody, healed anybody, helped anybody. Amen. And let me preach to somebody for a moment. The enemy of excellence is a spirit that comes by and a thought process that comes by and a mindset that comes by and says this is good enough. Uh, can I preach to somebody in the church of the living God? We can never become trapped by the attitude that says what we have is good enough. What we've done is good enough. Now, let me help somebody, and, 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 and I want to I really rein this one in. Uh, but, but saying it, that this is not good enough does not mean this is not good at all. I want to make sure that's clear. Uh, when you have an attitude of excellence, when you have the, the spirit of excellence, if you will, what you're saying is, you know what, this is not good enough. It's not saying that it's not good at all. What you're saying is God's got more for me. Amen. God's got more for me. Can I preach to somebody in the church? We've got to be careful that we don't come into church and say, well, the way we've always done things is good enough. Because if we do what we've always done, we will get what we've always got. How many wants to go to another level in God? 
How many wants to be a success in God? How many wants God's church to move forward and to move up? I'll tell you how that happens. We kick good enough out the window and we strive for excellence. We kick this is fine the way it is out the door and we strive for an attitude, a mindset, and a spirit of excellence in everything. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and magnify Jesus. Come on, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm praying a revelation of excellence would sweep across this building, but it starts in the mind. It starts in the spirit. It starts in the attitude. God, get it down on the deep inside of me, Lord. Somebody pray. There are many churches that will stay right here. And listen, I've traveled for three and a half years, and this was the defining factor. If they gave in to this is good enough, this is good enough, and they stay at 20 people for the rest of their life. But we're here to reach the world, so we can't say this is good enough. Hey, we're thankful for everybody that's saved, but we got a whole city to reach. We're thankful for every sacrifice that was ever made and everything that was done up until now. But I'm telling you, there are so many people that are hungry for God. And it's going to take the church saying, you know what? We refuse to stay here. We refuse to stay right in this moment. We've got to get to the other side. I don't want to just stay at us four and no more. But I want to say, Lord, if you've got to fill up a stadium with all the people that want to worship you, we'll go ahead and get our spirits right. We'll go ahead and say, Lord, uh, go ahead and bring it down. Uh, rain it down. Uh, we won't be satisfied with what we have. Uh, we're always looking for more. Uh, we're always praying for more. Uh, we're always believing God for more. Lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray all across this building. That's how revival comes. That's how revival comes. We say, Lord, we want more. We want more. We want more. We want more. And we'll do whatever you say. If we got to dip in dirty waters, that's what we'll do. If we got to put ourselves under seven times, eight times, 30 times, that's what we'll do until it changes. He thought to himself, man, the waters I have are good enough. And people will take that attitude and they'll take it to work. They'll take it into marriage. They'll take it into life. I told you, I'm not just preaching about heaven here tonight. And they'll say, well, you know, I gave her a gift on Christmas. That's good enough. I told her I love you one time. That should be good enough. I made a vow one day out of our entire lives. That should be good enough. But every man should be smart enough to know that is not enough. Well, I just, I just went to church once. It should be good enough. No, we've got to be striving for excellence. And it will permeate. When you get the mindset of excellence, it will go into your job. You know what? There, there is, I'm just going to say it like this. There's some folks that the boss will come by and say, do this. And they will do it halfway. They will be partially obedient. It's like a child. You tell them to pick up their room. And they take everything and they throw it in the, in the, in the, they, they throw it in the closet or under the bed. Technically, they did do what you told them to do get everything off the floors and so the I I was a, when I was younger I was not as structured I used to just take everything and put it up on my bed and just make my bed and they were thinking I was asleep but it was just all my junk uh, but but in all in all honesty I was doing what they said and that's how some people will go to work they'll go into marriage and they'll go into life they're doing the ordinary they're doing what has been asked of them and no more they are they will refuse to go above and beyond 
and they'll bring that mentality into the church. And they'll say, well, that's not my job. That's not my business. That's not my department. I don't have to do that. Uh, that's not my position, my place. Can I preach to somebody? Uh, I didn't sit there. I didn't do that. I didn't play this. I didn't play that. And they'll take that mentality and they'll just keep it as mediocrity. But, but we've got to say, you know what? This is not where we're going to stop. This is not where we're going to stop. And the spirit of excellence would say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to actually take my clothes and I'm going to put them in a hamper and I'm going to go wash them, dry them, and hang them up. Uh, the child that says, you know, I'm going to take all my toys and I'm going to put them in the box. I'm going to put them away where they go. And I'm going to even vacuum the floor. Some parents should be saying amen right now. <laughs> but as children of God, God will come by and he will tell us, I, I, want, you to, I want you to go to church. And, it, and, and, you, and when you go to church and when you go to the house of God, it's possible to go to church the wrong way. And it's possible to come with the wrong mentality. Uh, let me tell you, right here in the house of God, people will pray through in these altars. People will get the Holy Ghost. People's lives will be changed. This is a holy place. This is a holy place. I thought I'd give a few more amens on that. This is the house of God. And people will take that mediocre uh, mentality and they will bring it in the house of God. I don't have anybody in mind. I'm just, I'm just preaching what I feel and teaching what I feel. Uh, because I, I'm telling you, if the church doesn't get this, we will stay right here forever. Yes, I've traveled three and a half years and seen churches stay right here. But I'm telling you, God's going to get it in our spirit. God's going to get it in our spirit. Amen. And they'll come to church and they'll, they'll have that mentality that they had at work and had in life and had in their marriage. And they'll think, man, I want my life to get a little better. I like to move up in life. And then they get frustrated when nothing's happening. Well, we got to change the mindset. we got to change the mindset. When we come to church, we don't just come and just come however we want. We're coming to the house of God. Mm, hallelujah. Listen, I, I know what it is to come from the hood. Last name's hood. I know what it is to come with nothing. But I also know what it is for God to get a hold of me and God to absolutely, I don't walk like I used to walk. I don't talk like I used to talk. I don't live like I... And God began to work on me and said, what was good enough in your family is not good enough in the house of God. Now, I, I want to be understood. I want to be understood. What I, what, I am, what I am not saying is that people got to be perfect before they come. Everybody understand that. But what I am saying is you should not leave the way you came. Amen. There's got to be a shift of the mentality. There's got to be a change in the mindset, a change in the spirit, a change in the attitude. And I remember coming in just however I felt like it at that moment. And God began to, over the next few years, God began to get a hold of me. And God began to just insert this revelation about the spirit of excellence into me. And I just didn't show up to church any way that I wanted anymore. I made it up in my mind, if I'm going to go to the house of God, if I was going to meet the president of the United States, I wear the nicest I have. That's not a requirement for anybody. But I promise you, if I was about to meet somebody of authority in life, I'd dress my nicest, I'd brush my teeth, I'd comb my hair. If I was about to have an interview with the boss, I'd do the same thing because I want that raise. And the very same thought process, that thought process of excellence, when I come to church, I don't come and just give mediocre. I don't just come and give my bare minimums and my least because that's just what the average person would do. But I'm like Daniel. I got an excellent spirit. And when I come to the house of God, I come with an excellent mindset. And I say, I'm about to worship God and I'm going to give 
give him my best. I'm going to give him my all. It's going to be excellent. Oh, somebody praise him. Somebody lift up your hands and magnify Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's some folks receiving that right now. If you start doing it when you come to church, I promise it'll permeate to every area of your life. It'll get into your marriage. It'll get into your friendships, your relationships, your job. Every area will start to become more excellent. Oh, somebody pray. And there's folks that will come and say, well, this is good enough. And how I was raised is good enough. I used to think that dirty floors were okay. I'm getting ahead of myself. This is going to be a multi-series thing, but it's all right. I used to think that dirty floors were okay. And, and, and ashtrays and everything all piled on the ground. And, and the dogs could just use the restroom wherever they want. And you don't clean it up. And I used to think that trash was not meant to go to the dumpster. It was just meant to go on the balcony. Can I preach to anybody? Hallelujah. It goes in the garage. No, your trash does not go in the garage. Your trash goes in a trash bin, and they take it away once a week. Hallelujah. But, but that, that mentality of how I was raised, this is good enough. This is fine. And it was everything on the bottom level that we're just, we're just going to accept this down here. But when God started getting a hold of me, he said, I want you to go to another level. And I didn't understand it at first, and I'm going to be real with some folks. I, I thought it was stupid. I didn't think it was worth my time or my energy because I didn't see the purpose behind it. Uh, but, but then I got a revelation of excellence, and all of a sudden I started getting promotions at work. Because what I was doing for God, I'd show up to work and I'd be the only one having a smile on my face. I'd be the Daniel amongst all these pagan people and I'd show up and I'd have a smile. What are you happy about? You, you work a menial job. I'll tell you why I'm happy. Because the work I do is not for man. It's for God. Amen. And I would walk into work and say, you know what? I'm going to have an excellent spirit. And I had people try my spirit many, many times. But I'd always make it up in my mind. I'm going to come, and the boss would tell me to do this, and I'd do that, and I'd do more. Can I preach to somebody about that? You've got to be willing to do more if you're going to have an excellent spirit. Bare minimums are not excellent. Just what's required is not excellent. If you don't want to be excellent, that's all right. But for the rest of us that want to move forward and go to another level, we're willing to say, you know what? Jesus said, uh, if somebody strikes you on one cheek, you go ahead and say, here's the other one. Uh, if somebody sues you in a court of law and they take your coat, uh, he said, give them your cloak also. Uh, he said, you go. Uh, if somebody asks you to go one mile, uh, well, you know what the Christian mindset is? It's an excellent spirit. Uh, it says, you want me to go one mile, sir? Uh, I'll go two. You want me to go two? I'll go four. Uh, can I I preach to somebody about an excellent spirit. It doesn't just happen in the church. It goes everywhere that you go. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to take care of it. It's going to be done. And you find this through the Bible. There's people that have an excellent spirit. And we as the church of the living God, if we're ever going to be set apart from the world, we've got to have that excellent spirit. We've got to let God touch our hearts. We've got to let God touch our minds. We've got to let God go ahead and say, you know what, come up another notch. Amen? And so you look at Joseph. Joseph, every time he's getting thrown in a pit, he gets sent to Potiphar's house, he gets put in a prison, all of these things we could talk about another time are outside of his control. Well, I only do things the best when they're in my control. I only do things the best when I feel like it. Let me just tell you, when you got an excellent spirit, everything can be against you, but you still say, amen, I'm going to do it right. 
I'm going to do it right. And Joseph, every place he was put in, you read it, it's in your Bible. They would hand everything into his charge. And they would walk away. And Potiphar didn't know anything but the food on his table. Because he knew there was somebody that's going to take care of it. And then he ends up in a prison. And the prison guard doesn't even do his job. He's, he says, go ahead, I'm going to put a prisoner in charge. And you, whatever everybody does wrong, you're the doer of it. Whatever everybody does right, you're the doer of it. And that prison was never better than when Joseph was there. And then he shows up to the palace, and the king says, there's going to be nobody that is above you but me on the throne. You're going to be the greatest. Can I tell you, excellence elevates. Excellence elevates. And a principle of an excellent spirit is you don't need anybody to watch over you, micromanage you. You just say, you know what, I see a need, and I'm going to fulfill that need. Somebody once said, what's the will of God? It's the present task at hand. I, I, I remember... Uh, many times, and, and this has happened, many, many great men of God have done this, uh, but there'd be times where I'd see something on the ground and in my house, in my church. It's all right. It's all right. We're talking real stuff here tonight. I know it's not uh, shouting and, and crying and all that stuff, but this is going to help us go to another level. And uh, I remember just seeing, seeing trash on the church floor, and uh, I was not the one that was supposed to clean the church, okay? And, uh, and I just made up my mind, this is the house of God. And, and I had to give my, I had said, God, give me a mentality that this isn't just the church. This is my church. And excellent spirit says, I, I, I'm not waiting for to see if the pastor's watching. Am I going to get credit for it? Joseph didn't care if he got accolades. He just said, you know what? It's right. And he'd come by. And I used to come by and just say, you know what? I'm going to grab that. And when that gets into the church, it'll start permeating to every area of the church. Well, that's not my department. Don't worry about it. Just if you see a need, fix it. You know, I, he's not here tonight, Nate, but I got to give him a shout out. Brother Barber, he drove by the church when it was snowing real bad, and he noticed that it was snowing. And, uh, and you know what he did? He went home and got his shovel. And no accolades. I drove by the church. I saw him shovel. I said, you got a second one? We started shoveling the church. Those kinds of things. Well, that doesn't matter. Yes, it does, because that's a parking space for, it's a, parking space for a visitor. And the spirit of excellence says, I don't care if anybody's watching me. I don't care if I get accolades. I'm going to do it, but I'm not just going to do it mediocre. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And as soon as we get that revelation, God starts elevating us. God starts putting us into the top. God starts saying, you know what? I'm going to bring you to another level. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. God wants to deposit that into our spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to have an excellent spirit, God. I want to be like Daniel, that if you can use anybody, you can use me. I'm going to have that spirit that, that when you go to elevate somebody, you can elevate me. You can elevate my family. You can elevate my ministry because, God, I'm going to have the right spirit in this. I'm going to have the right mindset in this. I'm going to make sure that I take care of your house and take care of your people and take care of whatever you put before me, whatever you lay on my charge. I'm going to do it excellently. Oh, somebody pray. Let's stand all across the building and lift up our hands. Oh, somebody pray. God, give us a spirit of excellence. 
I don't want to have a mediocre marriage. I want to have an excellent marriage. I don't... I don't want to be mediocre in my job. I want to be excellent at my job. I don't want to be a mediocre preacher. I want to be an excellent preacher. I don't want to just be somebody who's a mediocre Christian. I want to be an excellent Christian who gives this my all. Let me talk to somebody about Caleb. Bishop Caleb in the Bible. The Bible says that him and Joshua and ten others went into the promised land. Ten came back and said, we can't do it. It's too hard. And that's the difference between the ordinary and the excellent. It's too hard. We're not even going to try. It doesn't make sense. We're not going to do it. But Joshua and Caleb came back, and they went above and beyond. They didn't just come back with a bad report. They came back with grapes the size of men. And they had to take both of them to carry them. People with an excellent spirit always have a good report. They really do. They really do. They don't look at all the things they can't do and the church can't do. They say, you know what can we do? And here they come back and they say, you know what? We got grapes to prove that we're well able. We are well able. Can I tell ARC we are well able to win this city? We are well able to have revival. We are well able to double and triple as a church body in numerics. But I'm going to tell you what it takes. It's going to take everybody getting revelation of excellence. From myself, i got to come up a few notches. I see my shortcomings probably uh, not as good as some people see them. But I see my shortcomings and I say, I came to the church today and I prayed. I said, God, help me to be more excellent. Help me to be a better, a more excellent pastor a more excellent preacher, but God help me to be a more excellent soul winner. In every area, some folks have noticed since we've taken over, man, well, why don't we do X, Y, and Z? Let's do more. Sometimes doing more is the enemy of excellence too because you lose quality. And so what you got to do is you got to scale some things down for a moment and say, you know what, we're going to fix this. We're going to get this right. And when we get this right, we're going to have a foundation that we can build on. But Caleb... Caleb, God said about Caleb, he said he had a different spirit. And that man that had a different spirit, can I preach to somebody, he had an excellent spirit. He said, we're well able. God said, not only are you going, not only are you going into the promised land, amen, but you're going to have every inheritance that you prayed for. And it was this same Caleb at the end of his life could have said, well, I'm in the promised land, it's good enough. But he's an old man, and he says, you know what? Give me my mountain because I want more. I want more. I want more. Can I preach? There's always more for somebody with an excellent spirit. There's always more elevation for somebody with an excellent spirit. Lift up your hands all across the building, and let's pray. Come on, let's pray all across the building. Oh, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. God's got a promotion for somebody, uh, amen, in the spiritual, uh, but it comes through the natural. Uh, somebody's got it. God's got an elevation for somebody, but it's going to come uh, by somebody looking for excellence and looking for more. God's got your mountain. God's got your more, but it's going to come when you say, Lord, help me to be more excellent in serving you. Help me to be more excellent in life. Help me to be more excellent. Everything I can do for God, I want to do it with excellence. Lift up your hands and let's pray.
I wonder if there's anybody that says, Lord, I want more. I want more. I want to go to another level. I want to go up another elevation level, God. I want to be elevated through excellence. I want your kingdom to expand in my life. I want to open up this altar. Would you come and pray? God, show me how to serve you with excellence. Show me how to live a life with excellence. Help me to have the right mindset, the right attitude. Whatever it is, God, I want to have it excellently. Come on, I want to open up this altar. Let's come and pray. There's some folks you don't feel like it matters, but I'm preaching to you right now. It makes a whole difference. It makes a difference between revival and growth and not growing at all. And it's going to come through excellence. It's going to come through being elevated. It's going to come through some people getting a revelation. And I'm asking that the Holy Ghost would deposit that revelation. I want more of God. I want more out of life. And it's going to come when I give more of myself and I go deeper in excellence. That's it. Somebody find a place to pray all across this building. Give me my mountain, Lord. Give me my mountain, Lord. We're well able. We're well able. But I'm going to go up another level. I'm going to go the extra mile. I'm going to be excellent in my spirit. That's what God's going to use to make you even anointed like never before. When you go to another level, when you say, Lord, I'm not satisfied right here. I'm not going to stay right here. I know you got more for me. I know you got more for me.
Lift up your hands all across the building. Let's pray. The devil's had some folks bound by saying what you got is just good enough. No, you've got to believe God's got more for you. You've got to believe God's got more for your life. You've got to believe. Come on. You don't have to live at the bottom of life. God said you're the head and not the tail. You're supposed to be above and not beneath. I've come to tell somebody God's got more for you. God's got more for you. So go after it. Go after it. Give God your all. Give God your best. Give God your excellence. And watch God elevate you. Watch God help you. Watch God bless your life. Somebody agree with God. I'll say yes. I'll say yes, Lord. I'll say yes, Lord. You want to elevate me? I say yes. You want to bless me? I'll say yes. You want to use me? I'll say yes. Somebody worship him. Somebody worship him all across the building. Somebody praise him. Somebody magnify Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for abundant life. Thank you that you've given me more than I deserve, God, and that you've got more for me. And God, I'm going to go after it. I'm going to go after it. Hallelujah. Let me just tell the church here. Apostolic Revival Center, you are an excellent church. I'm going to say it till we believe it. Apostolic Revival Center, we are a first-class, excellent church. I wish I had a few more folks to believe that. ARC, we are a first-class, excellent church. you got to start right here and say, Lord, we're excellent, and you deserve excellent. We've got more, and we'll give it more. We've got better, and we'll give our best. We'll do better tomorrow than we did today because we're an excellent church. That's what separates the church that never goes forward to the church that has absolute revival. I remember, and I'll, I, I don't want to take up your night. I remember when I first got saved, it was about 75 of us ragtag from the streets. Just, we didn't have nothing. We didn't have anything together. We didn't, one of my best friends that came and got saved right when I did, he lived in low-income housing. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a season. Okay, I've been homeless before multiple times. We came to God at about the same time. And pastor got up and preached just like I did tonight. And there was a lot of people that thought that's, that's a waste of our time. That's not important. But there was a few of us that said, you know what? I was told my whole life i got to stay down here. I was told my whole life I'm going to be stupid 
and life's just never going to work out for me and I can never go to another level and I'm always going to be broke. I'm always going to be destitute. I'm always going to be, a, it's just going to always be this, this, I live from paycheck to paycheck. I, I live my whole life from, from government assistance to government assistance. I've been there. I'm not judging anybody. I was told my whole life, you'll never own a home. You'll never move forward. You'll always be down here because that's exactly what your parents were. And I had a preacher get up and tell me, you got more in you. What were you preaching tonight? You got more in you. God put a whole lot more in you. And he's saying, pull it out and give it to me so I can multiply it. Give me your fish and loaves and watch me make something out of it. That man, he used to pick me up to church. He lived in low-income housing. God blessed my life. God sent me out evangelizing. God brought me here, and I'm so blessed to be the pastor of the church here. Uh, and, and that friend of mine, God took him into the business world, and God took him, and they opened daycares, and, and they did all sorts of different things. They're multimillionaires today. From low-income housing, his wife was in prison for meth and stabbed a woman in the head. Yeah, I'm talking about real-world stuff. And now they're multimillionaires. And you know what? They're the most spiritual people I know. But they got this revelation right here. You go to their business and their place of operation, it's, it is first class. You see their car, they vacuumed it because it's first class. You see their house and they've got everything together. These are people that had nothing together. But somebody got up and preached just like I'm preaching to you tonight and said, let's pull it out of you. Let's pull it out of you. Let's pull it out of you. Apostolic Revival Center, there is no telling what God's going to do through the next several years of our lives. But I've come to tell you, you got more in you, and let God pull it out of you. Let God multiply it. Let God take that excellence and use it in every area of your life. Lift up your hands one more time, and let's pray. Come on, there's some folks you got to realize you got more. You got more. God gave you more. You've been anointed with more. You've been called for more. Let God pull it out of you. Give God your fish and loaves. Let God multiply it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another. I wonder if somebody's going to go to work with a different mentality tomorrow. Go to work like you own the place already. Go to work and say, this is not just my, it's not just the job I have. It's my job. I'm going to treat it with excellence. Somebody go in the spirit of excellence. God bless you.